Amen. Now, the same is true in the spiritual growth and development of all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. It has always been a point of amazement, and i just getting back to what I opened up with a few minutes ago, how that some people take off in their spiritual walk and produce all types of fruit for the kingdom of God while others seem to hobble along with no real growth in their relationship with Christ. And a lot of them have a high rate of burnout and backsliding tendencies. Now, if we look into the Word as our source for the answer, and how many knows that we always should go to the Word for the answer? Amen? Hallelujah. I believe you're going you're gonna to conclude that in order to end right, you've got to start right. Come on. In order to end right, you've got to start right. And the only way to accomplish this is to prepare your heart by full, true repentance so the seed of the Word will have good ground to grow in order to produce a 30, 60, and 100-fold harvest in your life. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. We have got to start right. We've got, and the Bible teaches us that the Word of God is like seed and that we plant that seed into our heart. That's the ground. But church, you've got to prepare that ground before you plant the seed. Now, we're going to go to a parable that Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower. And I'm going to read that through, and, uh, and we've got to pick out some things out of this, and I want to share with you uh, today. Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground. Look at your neighbor and say, we've got to have good ground. They fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Then he says, he who, uh, who hath ears, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Hallelujah. Church, every born-again believer... Everybody in this room today will fall somewhere in the category of this parable spoken by Christ. 
every one of us. And your survival and continued growth in the kingdom will depend on how the seed of the word is sowed in your heart. Amen. It's important that it's God's word that's sowed, not man's theory, not man's opinion. It's important that God's word is sowed, but then it's also important that your heart is prepared to receive that. Now, Jesus used different scenarios in the illustration of this parable. But for the point of the message, I'm going to deal with the preparation of the ground, which is our heart. Now, let's go back to the Scripture about breaking up the fallow ground. Hosea 10 and 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and raise righteousness on you. Now, the word fallow here in this instance means uncultivated and hard. The greatest barrier, church, of the seed of the Word of God is a hardened heart that we was all born with. None of us immune there. We were all born with a sin-plagued, hardened heart. Amen. That's got to be broken up. It's got to be cultivated. Hallelujah. Or nothing good will grow there. Hallelujah. we got to cultivate that. Hallelujah. Amen. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Somebody say, oh, man, that's, that, that's so-and-so's heart over there. I know, man, they got a bad heart. So do you. So do I. We were all born, amen, with a deceitful heart. Romans 2 and 5, But in the accordance with your hardness and impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Let me tell you something. You should not be, amen, surprised when you share the Word with somebody or tell somebody about the Word of God. Amen. You shouldn't be surprised if they come against it or they want to spring up in controversy against it because that shows right there that there is, amen, a hard heart still inside that's not been broken, that's not been cultivated. And if it's not been broken, it's not been cultivated, it cannot receive the seed of the true Word of God. Hallelujah. Yes, clap your hands unto His name. Hallelujah. You see, the heart has to be melted and contrite so the seed of God can be planted. Repentance with godly sorrow is the only thing that can cause this transformation of the heart to occur. And only when it is softened by the bidding and conviction of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's something that I strive and I to push forward for people to understand.
Amen. It's going forth through the affliction of the body today. Hallelujah. But it's going to go, go out by the grace of God. Hallelujah. We have, we have to uh, be melted. We have to become contrite so the seed of God can be planted. And listen, you cannot come to God anytime you want to. A lot of other religions, a lot of other people tell you, whenever you feel like it, call on the Lord, everything will be all right. But folks, the Bible does not teach that. Jesus said, look at somebody and say, Jesus says. He says, no one can come to me unless the Spirit draws him. You've got to get that truth. That's a principle. That's a fact of God's Word. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost has to convict your hardened heart because it's that Holy Ghost that mounts it, that makes it pliable, that breaks it up. Amen. And enables the seed to be implanted within there. Hallelujah. And you can cry and slout and holler and do everything you want, but the Holy Ghost has to first come to your heart and convict you. Hallelujah. Jesus says no man. He didn't say some, but he says no man can come to me. Everybody who's ever come to God has come by the convicting pull of the Spirit of God. That's why I tell folks, I know sometimes we invite people to come to church, and it's especially true, maybe if it's a family member, a loved one, and you prayed for them for a long time, and man, you're excited, they finally come. They're sitting on a church pew. The service goes on, the message is delivered. The altars are open. And here you are. Here you are, man. You, Oh, Lord, I finally get him here. I finally got him here. Lord, thank you for getting here. Oh, Lord, please let him make a move. Let him make a move. Let him make a move. And then a lot of people will mess up just like Abraham and Sarah did by trying to step in and do what God only can do. Let me tell you something. We wouldn't be having trouble with terrorists today and suicide bombers if it wasn't that Sarah went to Abraham and says, Look, I'm not going to be able to have no children. You take my handmaid and you go into her and give me a child through her. Abraham said, Well, if that's what you want, honey. Abraham was glad to go along with that. Sounded good to him. But it wasn't God's plan. Hallelujah. You and I and everybody else has got to go the plan and the ordination of God or it's not going to work. And man, the whole world's in an upset today about terrorism and everything else because Ishmael was not the seed that God told Abraham that he was going to have to have. Hallelujah. It's the truth anyhow. And so here I am. Get me now. I finally got a friend or loved one in the house of God.
And, oh, man, yeah, you, you, you want them to be saved so well. I understand that. But then you say, oh, Lord. Brother Dallas, he, that's, that's probably going to be the last time he's going to sing that chorus. I'll, he ain't coming. i got to go back there, and i got to get him. i got, I got to try to get him down there. Let me tell you something. If the Holy Ghost can't get him down there, you better leave him alone. Now, now if God talks to you and you're led to somebody, I, I, that's a different story. Because that means God is not only speaking to you. If God is really speaking to you, He's already speaking to them, and it won't take but just a just a just a little nudge, and they're going to come. But you cannot force somebody into this, folks. Hallelujah. When we was pastoring the church, I, I, back there in, in in my office, I've got uh, framed an old handbill that was made up in nineteen. 69, the first uh, revival, youth revival, that myself and another uh, a man, uh, the, the young man that we that, that I worked with back then had. And during that revival, during that revival, there was a family been praying for an older child, and they they decided to come. They came one night during that revival. I can remember this as well as yesterday. They were singing. People were praying. And this daddy goes back to that boy, that oldest boy, starts trying to talk to him. And you back there, you can see him. And you now he, he's back there with the head hung and shaking his head. No, no, no. And he's pulling his arm. Oh, yeah, come on, come on. You need to do this. Come on, come on. And next thing I know, he was literally almost dragging that young man down that aisle. Had another just about practically pushed him on his knees at the altar. Started praying. <coughs> Finally, somebody asked us, you got salvation or whatever, something like that? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He gets up, four or five shakes his hand. He walks outside that door. And for 30 years, he never entered the church door again. He told him, yeah, okay, just to get the people to leave him alone. Does somebody hear what I'm saying today? Listen, folks, the Holy Spirit has to be the impromptu. Amen. I don't care how, what you talk to them, or what you say. Your words is not going to soften that old hardened heart that we're all born with. Hallelujah. It takes the Holy Ghost, amen, to convict the heart and make it ready for the seed of the Word to be planted within them. Hallelujah. This is one of the major reasons why we see so many people make a start, but they fall away. Just like the different instances that Jesus talks, amen, about the sowing the seed and the different kinds of ground. Hallelujah. In the very circumstances. Hallelujah. The heart has to be prepared to be planted. Hallelujah. And that brings me to this point of the message. 
and we're still talking about preparing the ground. I remember when I was a kid, and Daddy'd go out to break out, break a piece of ground up, and sometimes he would put me out in front, making me pick up rocks and sticks and all kind of stuff. And I said, Daddy, why I have to do that for? You know, I mean, just plowed under. He said, boy, he said, we ain't going to raise no garden like that. He said, we got to get the ground ready. we got to get it ready. And that brings me to this point of the message, clearing out debris. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3. He's going to, you're going to find this phrase again, break up your fallow ground. But notice what it says. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and do not what? Do not sow among thorns. Now, he talked about breaking up the fallow ground just like Hosea did. But then he adds one little thing. Do not sow among thorns. If you sow the seed among thorns, what's going to happen? What did Jesus say in this parable? The Word of God will be choked out by the thorns. Now, here is the issue. A lot of folks is not ready to come to the Lord until first they're ready to clear out all the other debris that they got in their heart. Come on. That's where repentance comes in, folks. That's where repentance comes in. I noticed the bulletin today. This is kind of... this. Uh, there's a confirmation to this word right here because I noticed there's a lot in our bulletin today about repentance. Amen. It talks about prayer for a new beginning. I see up here at the top, true repentance. See, we have learnt from the wrong crowd of what repent, repentance is. How many times have we seen a politician come on TV with their wife standing beside them saying, I'm sorry for this and this and this. But then you got to think about the whole reason they're up there. Brother Travis, they're up there not because it's true repentance. And they're sorry, but they're sorry they got caught. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. That's not true repentance. Hallelujah. Hey, everybody can cry and sniffle when they get caught in the act. Come on. But that's not godly sorrow, folks. Hallelujah. That's trying, that's what all that is, is trying to minimize the damage that you're going to heed over this. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, true repentance will cause you to get away of all the debris. You got the seed of God coming in your heart, 
and you've got to make room because if you've got all the worldliness and the cares of this life and all these things, amen, still inside you, if you haven't repented of that stuff, that every bit of that stuff is going to choke out. I don't care how much of the words you try to put in. I don't care how much that you do this, 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 that, and other. If you haven't cleared out the debris in your life, amen, it's going to cause problems, and you're not going to have a good harvest when it comes to God. Praise the Lord. A heart prepared to plant. I want to get, have Brother Darrell come on up and, and, and get ready for a course of saying just a moment because I'm going to wind this down. We know, church, beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're in the final hours of the last days. And we cannot afford, we cannot afford, amen, to miss out when Jesus Christ comes. we got to make sure that we do all the right things. Can you say amen? Uh, when Brother Travis was talking a while ago, I don't know how many, maybe some has already heard him. But um, on some television channels on Sunday morning, I don't know, I think, uh, I don't I don't know what time, I think maybe it might be 7 o'clock, but there's a, uh, a minister out of um, Hickson, Tennessee, which is a suburb of Chattanooga. His name is Ron Phillips. And uh, I like listening to him. He recently built a new congregation uh, building. There, they had an explosive revival. They already had a church that would seat uh, around a thousand people. And uh, a few years ago, this Baptist preacher went off to a conference and came back with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Completely changed this man. They got a new church building now that seats, after losing about a third of the congregation, they got a new church now up there, beautiful facility that um, I guess seats 3,000 or better. And uh, when I cut it on this morning, he was talking to the people. And uh, when they went into their new building, they changed the name of the church to Abba's house, Abba Father. And he was telling the people this morning, he says, now, he said, if you want to check out our credentials where we are affiliated through the state of Tennessee as a nonprofit organization, he said, we're still legally Central Baptist Church. He says, but the name of our church now is Abba House. And he has stirred up a hornet's nest amongst Baptist people. Do you know the Southern Baptist Convention has been trying to kick the guy out for several years now? But God is using him. And that brings me to this point, folks. There's some Pentecostal people 
Like if a guy's going to do something, it's only going to be done through through them. Let me tell you, we're getting close to the end time, and God will move through who will let him. Come on. Come on, somebody. There's got to be a revival waiting across the nominations, amen, to let folks know, amen, where we're at. And more and more people, hallelujah, are seeing this thing, hallelujah. Yeah, I'm thankful to God, amen. Um, I don't, I don't, um, uh, it's been a while since I'm, uh, I mentioned this, but man, you know, the most, uh, um, the man that I mostly admire in my, in my life, amen, was my father, amen, and, uh, uh, and, and his life and everything. And I thank God, amen, that even, listen, let me tell you something. After, after, after 30 years, when God revealed to him and he heard the Jesus name message preached the same time I did down in Columbia in 1970, hallelujah, after 30 years, I stood over a pool and I watched my mama and my daddy after 30 years preaching be rebaptized because they wouldn't baptize in the name of Jesus. I was there. I seen it. Hallelujah. God will move through who He let Him. And folks, it don't have nothing to do with the name that we got out front. Hallelujah. You've got to prepare your heart. If a Catholic person will prepare their heart through real repentance, the Spirit of God will enter in. It doesn't matter. And who are we to say, well, this one and this one, this one can't do it? Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be fault, just all the way back from the beginning. If you study the Book of Acts, why, why was early church persecuted? Why was they thrown in jail? Time and time again, they were commanded not to teach and preach in the name. Of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we're going to be persecuted for the same thing in this last time. Christians are the only ones that don't have any, they don't tolerate Christians. There's a worldwide persecution. Amen. Usually coming through mostly through the Muslims, but it's increasing. It's intended. Folks, we need to make sure our heart is prepared. Our heart is prepared. As Brother Darrell sings something, let's all stand together.